Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener on our private feed where you'll have ad-free episodes and join us in Zoom meetups to meet other listeners of our podcast community. Go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes. Welcome to the Women in Tech Weekly Remix episode. Three, two, one. My name is Esprit Devora, host of The Women in Tech Show. The show means a lot to me. The reason why I wanted to create The Women in Tech Show is I wanted to create a positive piece of content, something where people can listen and say, if she can do it, so can I. To connect and collaborate with extraordinary women in tech around the world, remember to go to the Women in Tech Facebook group at womenintechvip.com. That's womenintechvip.com. The best business resource I have is my mentor's private Facebook group. I've never found a community that cares more about one another's success. It inspired me to create the same thing for podcasters. If you're a tech company or startup looking to grow your podcast audience, I created GetPodcastListeners.com, a private group specifically to discover how other podcasters have grown their audiences so we could do the same. Check out GetPodcastListeners.com. That's GetPodcastListeners.com. I'm Katie Graham. I'm the technical director at WebScope. We create software, primarily business systems, web-based applications, and we're based in Auckland, New Zealand. I'm not actually formally trained in terms of what I do. Um, out of high school, I studied audio engineering and music production for two years. Right. So something else that's kind of, I guess, in a technical area. Um, after that, I ended up doing a Bachelor of Design, so I studied um, graphic design, visual communication, that kind of thing for four years. And it was after that that, well, it was while I was doing that degree that I realized I should combine my love for um, computers and programming with what I was learning at design school and get you know further into the website thing and actually make that a job instead of just a hobby. Um, of course, probably since then, I'm not sure I've actually designed anything. It's just all been programming. Um, but so, yeah, because I've been self-taught, it's just um, I'm a big fan of, you know, just figuring things out, like trial and error. Um, I don't I'm not the type of person that learns from watching videos, but I find going to conferences really inspiring. And I always learn a lot from them and kind of, you know, the last conference I went to was Webstock down in Wellington um, last month. And I think by lunchtime on the first day, I had a list of about 10 books that I wanted to buy and read just to continue learning. And even though they're not necessarily technical books, um, a lot of them were kind of like more about psychology, philosophy, different things like that. It all kind of comes together to inform, you know, how you operate, how you work, how you think and how you approach things. And Wellington, for those of you who don't know, is on the southern point of the North Island. Yeah. It's an awesome city. We just flew flew back in from there. And uh, what is your favorite tech tool? Oh, that is another tricky one. Um, I think I'm just going to have to go with my laptop. So just a Mac laptop. Um, you know, you can install, you know, whatever you need on it. And it runs pretty solidly and reliably. And I think I wouldn't be able to do 
what I do without that. Um, outside of that, um, I'm, I mean, I'm a massive fan of open source software and technologies. And so I think, yeah, I have to have a big shout out to anyone that works on those and allows the rest of us to kind of like build on top of what they're doing. Is there a website or a mobile app that you just think is the, the coolest thing ever? The software that comes to mind actually is um, a few years ago, I switched from using, you know, just kind of like a text editor to using a proper IDE. So yeah. I'm using PHP Storm. And I find that that was a life changer, especially, you know, it just makes your life a whole lot easier programming when um, you've got, you know, all the, you know, extra resources and stuff that come with that. And I was just kind of kicking myself for not doing it years earlier and just resisting it, you know. I'm Sarah Alder, Head of Investor Relations at PushPay. PushPay is the leading donor management system for churches in the US. We have over 7,000 customers and process over 3 billion US dollars per year in donations. Based in Auckland, New Zealand. It's very um, seasonal in terms of there's some really, really intense periods where we're reporting our financials or we have um, our quarterly operational updates. Those are usually very late nights. Um, and in those periods, it, it's just back-to-back meetings. You know, we'll have an entire afternoon of 15-minute meetings with um, shareholders, analysts. Um, then we also get the CEO to dial into all the broking houses. We've got media interviews. Um, but on a regular day, I'd just be prepping for those really busy periods writing announcements, answering shareholder inquiries, analyst inquiries. So, yeah. What is one challenge that you've successfully overcome and what did you learn from it? So for me in my career, the biggest challenge has probably been myself, just not having the confidence when I first started out. So I would be really quiet in meetings and I wouldn't really speak up because I used to almost give myself the excuse that, oh, well, you know, why would they listen to what you have to say? You're just a young girl. Um, But then as I invested in myself and learned more about the role, you know, I went on courses. um, I read anything and everything to do with my role in the industry so that I was empowered that I could actually speak with knowledge and that gave me the confidence to speak up um, at work and you know once you have that knowledge you can speak confidently you know in meetings and especially in my role pretty much 90% of the people that I would speak to are old men (laughs) (laughs) so you know it can be quite intimidating and daunting because I I'm not just young I actually look really young yeah (laughs) so it's it's more, it's more about um, just giving yourself the tools and the knowledge that you, you can feel confident and you don't have to use those excuses of, oh, I'm a girl, I'm young, you know, yeah. they, they won't listen to me. Um, yeah. And I appreciate the vulnerability in you sharing that. I mean, really, in knowing you for very little time, I could see what a compassionate person you are. And yeah, I, I hear often from from listeners that the I'm not good enough is a it's a thing that comes up a lot and um 
We all deserve to feel confidence. What what educational resources did you access to complement feeling more competent and confident over time? Yeah, so I did the Diploma in Investor Relations. That was a three-day course over in Melbourne and Australia. Um, But it's quite a specialised field, Investor Relations. So you've really just got to drive yourself to to find those resources. So, um, you know, I'd sign up to any email list that I could, like Investopedia or, um, you know, New Zealand economic news and what's happening in the markets. And I would listen to podcasts. Um, there's a really good one. It's I think it's Bloomberg um, Tech Something like that. Yeah, we'll yeah. we'll write Bloomberg Tech in the show notes too, so mm-hmm. you guys can see it. Yeah. Um, so so yeah, it's just really about reading anything you can. Um, if you can see a course that you think you should take, um, that could really give you the skills and the knowledge that you need to fulfill your role or move to the next level or take on a new task, then you know you just need to take control of that yourself because no one's going to invest in you. You need to do that for yourself. Totally. Um, so yeah, it's really about that. And the other thing is that it's it's uncomfortable. You know, it's like exis- learning is like exercise. Right. Where if it's not just even a little bit uncomfortable, then it's probably not working. You've just got to put yourself in uncomfortable situations. Like even this interview, I naturally am not a um, I'm not a good speaker naturally, but I'm doing it because I know that it'll help me grow. Hi, this is Jenny Saunders from Assurity. My role is the Service Development Manager. Assurity is a consultancy that helps New Zealand organisations in their digital journey. Based in Wellington, New Zealand, I think it is the most important thing to do. And it doesn't need to be onerous. And this is what gets me. Because I think people tend to go, oh my gosh, if you're going to plan, it's going to take ages. It's not. I'm a post-its person, honestly. Give me post-its and a Sharpie. Um, And we can plan a roadmap in half an hour. We can understand the benefits of what we'll get from that service. So we could actually put that big picture plan together really quickly. But for me, if you don't understand what your vision is and what you're trying to achieve, and I don't mean in detail, but if you don't have that big picture you're going to go down lots of little roads and that's okay. Yeah. But having a big picture plan and we can still then iterate. We can still have that plan, look at one particular aspect of that plan and go, oh, don't think we need that now in our marketplace. Great. Cross that one off. Right. But a big picture plan, get a plan together, understand your benefits, understand your customers. Yeah. And then work through. Let's go back to the beginning. When did you first fall in love with technology? So, gosh, when I did my A-levels, so in the UK, I did my A-levels and I did maths, physics and economics. So I think then already I'd started. Yeah. And my life would have been very different then because honestly, the school I went to, um, we would have had maybe two computers. Right. So seriously, it was quite different. Um I then went to work for a bank in the UK and then went to uni afterwards. So at uni, I studied physics and computing. And and that was really, I think, a real changing point for me. 
because from there I was then immersed completely in in the love and the value of technology. Yeah. Um, and I worked for a great company in the UK, a great company that took on graduates, put you through an amazing graduate program. So I felt completely supported. What was your first time. job? So I joined the company as a programmer, as a developer. Um, so rad. I know, as a COBOL developer. Um, what year was this? Uh, 87, 1987. I mean, this yeah. is... Yeah. So You are OG woman in tech. It was yeah. a COBOL developer in 1987. So cool. It was... And, and very lucky that I worked for an amazing company... Um, first assignment, National Westminster Bank, then worked through a lot of the banks in the UK. But after about four years, yeah. I decided that sitting there writing code for me was not me. Yeah. Because I'd look at the requirements documents that I got, and my right. voice changes when I say it because it was soul-destroying. I used to be given documents that I'd read and think, really? Really? Yeah. Does someone really want this? Yeah. And that's when I started to move more into business analysis. So I suppose I became an app, um, a systems application programmer at yeah. that point, but then moved more into business analysis and team leading, um, development manager, all of those different types of roles. Yeah. But learnt stuff along the way. Yeah. Learnt and absorbed so much along the way. Um, and gosh, lots of years later, I still love it. The Women in Tech podcast is hosted and produced by me, Esprit Devora, With help from Janice Geronimo. Edited by Corey Jennings. Production and voiceover by Adam Carroll. And music from Jay Huffman Live and Epidemic Sound. The Women in Tech podcast is a wearetech.fm production. Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener, go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes.